You're listening to the weekly broadcast of Grace Church, an independent Bible teaching church in Wichita Falls, Texas. As we enter a new year together, we spend our time on Sunday morning studying what it means to cast your cares upon the Lord. With this week's message, here's pastor to high school and college students, Nolan Smith. Hope your New Year's resolutions are going well so far. Some of you are probably like, oh man, I forgot that was today. Uh, don't worry, uh, New Year's resolutions aren't biblical, so you can take comfort in that. Um, so about 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, when I was just out of college, some, some friends of mine and I from, from college, from high school, we decided we wanted a way to stay in touch with each other, a way to stay connected. So we started a fantasy football league. And, uh, and so we started this fantasy football league where it was an excuse for us not only to, to stay in touch, but also to get together every year. And, and so uh, we, we stay real connected. We communicate all the time. And, and recently we were having this conversation about playing fantasy football or about being a fan of a sports team. And I'm, I happen to be a Cowboys fan myself, um, so I've got my hopes sky high right now. And, and we were talking about what this looks like, what this means to be a fan of a, of a team where maybe, maybe if you're playing fantasy football with, with 11 other guys, at the beginning of the year, you're getting emotionally invested in something where you have a 1 in 12 chance of, of winning, right, of success, and, and as, a, as a fan of a sports team, like any sports fan is going to say that the only way that I will say my team was success, successful is if we won the whole thing, right? If we won the championship. And, you know, no, nobody's going around going, well, we won half our games. I feel really good about that, you know? So, so it's, it's about that championship. And, and every fan base at the beginning of the year mutters those, those five pathetic words, right? Maybe this is our year, you know? And so, so we all think it's going to be us. But if there's 32 teams... And I want my team to win. There's, there's just over a 3% chance, mathematically speaking, that, that my team's going to be successful. And yet, every year, I get emotionally invested. I, I put all my hopes on this team, one of 32 of them, and, and I'm going on this emotional roller coaster, and I'm watching these guys play football. I have zero control. Well, okay, so maybe if you're the kind of person that wears your lucky socks and the team gets wind that you were doing that, they, they you know, are inspired by your faithfulness or whatever, they try a little harder. Other than that, you have no control over how these guys play. And so, so you're watching them and you're invested and you're hoping that your team wins, uh, but they take you on this emotional roller coaster. But the truth is that we all have things that we care about, things that are more significant than sports, maybe things like, well, uh, I, I need to make a good grade on that, that project so I can get into the right college so that when I get into the right college, I can get my dream job so that I can make that salary that's gonna help me buy that really nice house and I'd also like to get a car and I, I wanna get married too and what if I never meet that person? What if I meet that person and they don't like me back? Why are my friends hanging out without me? And wait a minute, should I call somebody about that? I don't know, will that make me look pathetic? Uh, uh, should I shower more? I don't know, should, how am I gonna get my kids to soccer practice this week? And wh wh what about family vacation this year? And, and, and what about that doctor's appointment? Are we gonna make it in time? And wait, what was the thing that the doctor saw on the scan, and then how am I going to forgive that person who betrayed me? What about that, that, loved, that loved one that I lost? How am I going to grieve that loss? Or how am I going to get up out of bed in the morning? And we walk around and we realize that we have these things that we care so deeply about. We have these things, some of them maybe we feel like we can control them. Maybe we feel like there's, there's enough control on our part that we have some influence, that we can manage them. And, and, and maybe, maybe the fact that we can control them makes us feel a little bit better, but, but what if we don't get to all of them? Or what if, I do, what if I do take care of those things and it's not enough? Or maybe I look around at all the ones that I, I can't handle, the ones that feel like they're outside of my control. 
And I'm looking around at all these things that I care about, these things that I'm emotionally invested in. And some of them I can control maybe, but, but a lot of them I can't. And, and I feel the, the weight of that. We call that anxiety. You know, more straightforwardly, anxiety is a mind without peace. Anxiety is a mind without peace. It's when we are so preoccupied with all of the things that we care about, maybe some in our control, but many outside of our control, and our mind is constantly racing. We have chaos mentally as we try and keep up with all of the things that we care about. That's anxiety. And, and, and we walk around and we pretend like, like we're fine, right? Like maybe we'll post that picture, or selfie on, on social media, and we want, we want our life to look like we're, we've got it all under control. Or worse, we come here to church Somebody says, hey, how you doing today? And we go, I'm fine. How are you? And we go an entire morning never answering that question, honestly, trying to hide all these things that we're carrying with us. And so the question becomes, what do we do with this anxiety? What am I supposed to do with all of this? Everything that I, that, that I can't control too, what, what do I do with it? And so we're gonna look at what the Bible says about anxiety and before we do, I think it's, it's worth saying that when we talk about anxiety, I want to acknowledge that there are people who feel anxiety to an intense degree, to the point that they, they maybe have sought medical attention for it, they feel like they might need to, or they take medication. And if that's you, I don't want you to hear this and feel any kind of guilt or shame over that. Because I, I think God has given us the ability to treat some of these things in, in, in that way. And, and so if, if that's you, I don't want you to feel like there's anything wrong with you, spiritually deficient compared to everyone else, that you have to do that. So don't hear me say that. But on the flip side of that, I, I think sometimes we have a tendency to take anxiety and turn it completely, purely into a medical issue. That, that we remove it from the spiritual realm and we say, oh yeah, that's just something that's, that's going on chemically in my brain and, and so all I need is, is a chemical solution. And, and, and I would say, I think that's, that's not accurate. I don't think that's helpful. I think, I think what we need to do is recognize that even if you do experience it to that degree and even if you do medicate, we need to realize that anxiety is always a spiritual issue. That at its root, it's, it's caused by sin. And I'm not saying that if you feel anxiety, that your anxiety is because you did something wrong and, and so you've sinned and now you're being punished for that. But all of our suffering and anxiety included goes back to the garden where sin happened and it fractured the relationship between man and God. And so we live in this world of suffering and anxiety is a part of the human condition now, but it's a spiritual reality. And if it's a spiritual reality, if it's a spiritual problem, then there's a spiritual solution. And it's found in the word of God. And so that's what we're gonna look at today is what the Bible tells us about our anxiety. And so we're gonna look first in the book of 1 Peter. Now, now this is a, a book that we just recently went through, 1 Peter chapter five. We went through 1 Peter in a series recently. And so we actually, we actually touched on, on this particular passage, but we're gonna go back and hone in on a couple of verses in 1 Peter chapter five. And we're gonna look at what Peter tells us about our anxiety when he says in Chapter five, verses six and seven, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your cares on him, because he cares for you. And he starts out with this phrase, humble yourselves. And if you think about what it means to humble yourself, it means to come to the end of yourself, to recognize your own insufficiency, to get to the point where you go, you know what? I can't do this on my own. 
And so when Peter says to humble yourselves with regard to our anxiety, I think we could read it this way. Hey, recognize that the way that you're treating your anxiety on your own, it's not good enough. Stop trying to do it your own way. Humble yourself under the hand of God so that at the proper time, he may exalt you so that he can work out his purposes in your life. And then he says, casting your cares on him. All these things that we care about that we're trying to carry around ourselves, he says, cast them on the Lord. Give them to him. Let him take over. And he says the reason for this is because he cares for you. And I I love the way that that phrase works out because, because he says, hey, you've got these things that you care about. But guess what God cares about? He cares about you. So as you, you're trying to carry all these things around and you're going, oh my gosh, how am, I gonna, how am I gonna handle all of these things? Well, God's got you in his arms. So he's carrying you while you try and carry all of these things. And what he says is, hey, give those to me because I care about you and I care about the things that you care about. So cast your cares on me. So Peter's call, his invitation is to cast your anxieties, cast your cares on the Lord. But for many of us, that's, that's almost too simple, Right? It's just not specific enough for us. Great, cast my cares on him. Like, what does that mean? How do I do that? So I want us to go to Philippians chapter four. And we're gonna, we're gonna see Paul talk about this similarly. He's gonna give a little bit more, I think, specific instruction of what this might look like. What does it look like to cast your cares on the Lord? In Philippians chapter four, some of you, if you've grown up in church, maybe you've, you're familiar with this passage. But in Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, he says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So he says, don't be anxious about anything. So if we think back to what anxiety is, it's a mind without peace. If anxiety is a mind without peace, he says, don't live there. Don't live in the mental chaos of anxiety. He says, don't do that. And he's gonna give us the alternative. What's the alternative to living in anxiety, to living in that chaotic mental space? He says, here's the alternative. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So the first thing he says is prayer. So instead of anxiety, he says prayer. And and what prayer means is simply just, just making space for God. It means blocking things out of your attention, of your schedule, and saying, this is time for me and for God. I'm gonna go before the Lord. I'm gonna engage with him. I'm gonna communicate with him. This is time for him. And so so that's what prayer means at its simplest definition is that we're just gonna make time for God. So so with prayer, we're gonna go before the Lord. And he says we're gonna do that with thanksgiving. Now, I I don't wanna spend too much time on this tangent, but I think it's important. You know, when we talk about what it looks like to go in with thanksgiving, one of my favorite passages in scripture is in the book of Joshua. And and Israel at this point has been led out of slavery by Moses, right? There was the parting of the Red Sea, this miraculous moment where the Israelites are led out of slavery into the wilderness. They're no longer slaves, now they're free. And and then they're gonna wander for 40 years in the wilderness and, and then, And then Joshua's gonna take over and he's gonna lead them into the promised land. And as he's gonna do that, God's gonna recreate the moment when they cross through the Red Sea, when they cross from slavery into freedom. And God's gonna part the Jordan River and he's gonna bring the Israelites now into that promised land, their new home. 
And the reason is that he wants to remind them of what he did in the beginning of all this, where he led them out of slavery and he's continuing in his promise, not only to make them free, but to give them a home. So he wants to remind them, this is what I'm doing. Remember when I was faithful before? I'm, I'm faithful again. And then he tells them when they cross through the Jordan, he says, I want you to build a monument, 12 stones for the 12 tribes of Israel. And I want you and any future generations to look back at that. And every time you look at that monument, you're gonna remember when God was faithful. And you're gonna look at that, you're gonna remember my faithfulness and you're gonna have gratitude. And so for us as believers, what we can do is, is anytime God does something big in our lives, anytime we see him be faithful, anytime we see God deliver on his promises or take care of us, we can memorialize that in some way. Make note of that. Write down when God was, was faithful, when God delivered. And we write that down. And so then when we go into prayer and as Paul tells us to go in with gratitude, we know exactly what we're thinking about, what we're looking back to. We're remembering God's faithfulness and we have gratitude when we go before him in prayer. I love that we live in this world that, that everyone around us, there's a secular world, sometimes even pagan world where people are looking outside the Bible for truth. They're, they're asking life's biggest questions and they're looking everywhere but the Bible for the answers. And then they, they come to anxiety and they go, you know, we, studies are showing that in order to deal with anxiety, one of the most effective methods is meditation and gratitude. And we as Christians are like, hey, yeah, that's very innovative. Good job, right? That's 2,000 years old wisdom that we've got in our Bible, right? But, but prayer, praying to the one and only God and doing so with gratitude, he says, this is how we deal with our anxiety. So we go in with prayer and gratitude. He says, let your requests be made known to God. Let your requests be made known to God. It's a passive phrase. Let them, it's as if to say that we are oftentimes suppressing these things, our hopes, our desires, our fears, we're pushing them down below the surface, trying to hold them down. We're hiding them from people, trying to make it look like we're, we're actually okay. So I'm just gonna push these below the surface. And what, and what Paul says is, that, hey, if there's one time that you can be vulnerable, that you cannot do that, not pretend that you've got it all together, is with the Lord in prayer. So you just stop pushing those things down. You let them be made known to him. Just let those things come up. Just allow yourself to just tell God, here's what I'm feeling right now. Here is what I, I'm thinking. Let your request be made known to God. And then he says, the result of this, the result is peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So you live in that chaotic mind. You live with anxiety, a mind without peace. The result of doing this is peace. It's the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And I think I think the reason that this peace of God surpasses all understanding is, is first because for many of us, we're walking around in chaos and we're carrying all these things and all we can think about is the next thing we have to take care of or the next thing that we can't take care of. And so we're walking around in chaos and somebody says something about peace and you're like, peace? I can't even imagine peace right now. What is peace like? I don't remember that. But there's also this reality to, to this kind of peace. The reason that it surpasses our understanding is because it's not a kind of peace that we can manufacture on our own. That we can't make this peace for ourselves. It transcends our comprehension. I can't make this kind of peace. This is, the, this is peace that can only come from God. And what it's gonna do is it's gonna guard my heart and my mind. When I walk around in anxiety, in chaos, it wears at my soul. 
it, it, it wears at my heart and my soul, and it, and it says that this is the kind of peace that's going to guard you against that. It's going to guard you against anxiety. And so with that, I, I want us to look then at what we can do practically with this. What, what can we take away from these scriptures that can help us as we try to deal with anxiety, some specific ways of, of treating or, or dealing with, walking with the Lord in our anxieties? And so these are some really practical steps that, that I think we can all benefit from because the truth is we all deal with anxiety. And, and so they look like this. First is that we acknowledge our anxieties. Acknowledge your anxieties. Make a list, literally, do this physically, write it down, or at least on, a, on an app on your phone, type it out. All the things that might make you anxious, things that are currently causing you anxiety, things that have the potential to cause you anxiety. And, and if you're like me and you're not super in touch with your emotions, and so you may have to back up a step or two and, and, and even write the question like, how do I feel today? You might have to do that. And, and write that down, and then, and then you answer that. How do I feel? And you start writing out your emotions and your feelings. And then, why do I feel that way? But ultimately, it's to get to this. I need a list. I need to see all the things that I care about that have the potential to cause me anxiety today. And I want a list of those things. And I'm going to take this with me into prayer. And what I'm going to do with that list is next, I'm going to bring my anxieties before the Lord. I'm going to bring my anxieties before him. So here's what I'm going to do with that list. I'm going to make a note of everything that's on it. I might even make it into two new lists, right? Split it in half, make it into two new lists. And I'm going to make a note of everything on that list that I can't control. I'm going to look at all the things that are outside of my control, all the things that I feel like I can't get to or I have no way of, of controlling them. And I'm going to make a note of that. And I'm going to put them on that list. And that's going to become my prayer list. It's going to be the things that I hand over to the Lord. These are things like, man, I, I can't control how people think about me. Like, I can't control the opinions of others. Or I can't control how that person is going to respond to me when I have to have that hard conversation. Like, I don't know how they're going to handle that, and, and I'm, I'm a little anxious about it. Or I, I, I'm worried about the decisions that my kids are going to make when they're older, right? And, and, and I can't control that, at least not on a decision-by-decision decision basis. I can't control those decisions that are years into the future, but I worry about it. So I'm going to write these things down that I can't control but that have all the potential to cause me anxiety. I'm going to write them down and I'm going to put them on that list. And I'm going to give them to the Lord. And I'm going to say, God, I can't control these things. But they're there. I might be trying to suppress them. And I'm not going to do that anymore. So I'm going to take these and I'm going to give them to you. And I'm going to allow you to handle what I can't. But there's another side to this, to this practice and to the list that we're making. And on the other side of the list, so we've got to see to our own responsibilities. We've got to take care of the things that we can take care of because, because the truth is that God gives us responsibility. He calls us to be stewards. And the truth for, for many of us is that there are things that cause us anxiety, but they're in our control. And they might cause us anxiety because we're worried we won't get to them or we, we haven't done them yet and we should have. Or if we do them, we're afraid that when we take care of it, it, it won't be good enough, right? So there may be things in our control that we still feel anxiety about, but we need to make note of that too. We make note of all the things on that list that cause us anxiety that we can control. And that basically becomes a task list for us. Things that we take care of ourselves. This is not to say that we don't trust God with them. I think obedience to God in it is to say, God, you've given me things to control. You've called me to be a steward, so I'm going to take care of the things that you call me to take care of. 
And if I don't, they're going to cause me anxiety. So I'm going to give you the things that are outside of my control. And I'm going to take care of some of the things that you've given me. And for some of us, I think we need both of these. Some of us need one more than the other. There's some people out there that are like, you know, can I make it all a task list? Like, that would be a lot better for me. I just like to be in control of everything, and I'm really good at tasks, so can, can I just make them all tasks? And then that'd be great for me, because I, I like that. And so you have a harder time relinquishing and admitting where I don't have control of some things, so I've got to give those to the Lord. Or maybe you're more like me, and you're a little more laid back, and you're a little bit better at going, you know what, God's in control, and like, if I don't maybe get to that, like, it'll work out, like, God's got me, right? And that's, that's not healthy either. Because again, God calls us to to be stewards. He he gives us responsibility. And so he wants us to take care of the things that are within our control as well. And so we need both of those. But now as we've gone through these steps, there are some of you still going, yeah, that's great, real practical. I'll try that later. But but the truth is, like, what I'm going through, I I just don't know if this is going to help. Like, what I'm going through is is way bigger, way, way heavier than this, that that just praying about putting it on a list doesn't feel like it's, it's really, it's really going to do anything for me. Because maybe you're grieving loss of some kind. And, and, and it's, just, it's just killing you, right, spiritually? And you don't know what to do about it. And so these steps, while they're practical, maybe, maybe helpful in some ways, you're going, this doesn't feel like enough. So there's one more that I would include in this list that I think maybe it brings them all together, but, but it's to set our minds on eternity. You see, we need an eternal perspective because no matter what our anxieties are, no matter what we're going through, that if we, if we don't have a perspective that we can see the world more like how God sees it, see our lives the way that God sees our lives, then we're going to get caught up thinking that this is all there is. And so everything that's going on right now, it's, it's the most important thing in my life. And, and you know what? It's all that I have going on. It's all I'll ever experience and we forget about eternity. And so, as Paul calls us to do in Colossians, he says, set your minds on things above. That we need to take our minds out of this is all there is and remember that God has a purpose for everything. That he's got this plan and it's our eternity. That that's his priority for us. It's not this life, it's the next one. Which is not to say he doesn't care about this life, but that what happens in this life matters for our eternity that it's about preparing us for what we're really made for. So we need an eternal perspective to remind us of that, to pull us out of the idea that all we're ever gonna experience is what we're going through right now. And again, it doesn't make the pain go away, but it gives it context, it gives it purpose. Helps us to understand that what I'm going through right now, it hurts, but God, you can do something with this. You've promised to work all things together for my good. And maybe you're, maybe you're even using this for the good of the people around me right now. But I need that eternal perspective to remember that where I'm at right now, it's not the end. I'm being prepared for eternity right now. You know, for me personally, I, I have my anxieties too. I have things that I carry around, things that, that weigh on me, things that I care about. One of the things that happened to me when I became a parent, and if you're a parent, you'll relate to this, I just started to worry a lot, right? Started having kids, and all of a sudden, I was worried about everything. And I started to worry, what if something happens to me that I can't control? Something where, where I'm no longer there for my family. What if, I, what if I can't protect them from every threat, right? And I started to worry, what, if, what about that? What if something happened to me? 
And it started to weigh on me a whole lot, and I couldn't shake that thought. And it scared me, and I experienced anxiety. I felt it physically, and it was awful. And I started to unpack that, and I started to question, what is that about? And I tried to pray about it, and I'd ask God, why am I experiencing this? And I started to realize that there was another fear that I had. I had this fear that my kids would never know how much I really loved them, because I love them so much. I mean, I could cry about it right now, just thinking about it. I love my kids so much. And what if I never get to show them and tell them how much I really love them? They're so young right now, they don't understand. What if I'm not able to, to tell them that? And I worried about that. So I recognized I had these anxieties and I was going, what do I do with them, God? And, and I started to, to, to engage with scripture and I started to ask God, how can I, what, what do I do with my anxieties? And I, and I started to come to this, that, that God was inviting me, cast your cares on me. And I would bring these things to him and, I, and I'd go, God, you know what? I'm gonna make that list. And on that list of things that I can't control is what's gonna happen to me. A year from now, five years, 10 years, I can't control that. All the things that could happen to my family, I can't control all of it. I can't control that. So I'm gonna put that in your hands, God. I'm gonna give that to you. I can't control it. So, so I'm gonna recognize, God, you've been faithful to me. And you know what? I've seen people around me who've gone through those things that I'm afraid of, and I've watched as they've continued to grow in their faith. They still have a strong faith. In fact, maybe stronger. They still love you. They still trust you. They have that eternal perspective. They see the purpose in what they're going through, and they still love you. They still trust you. And God, you can take me there too. So I'm gonna trust you with that. But what about, what about this fear that, that my kids will, will never know how much I love them? So one day I was sitting in my office and I just pulled out a few pieces of paper and a pen and I thought, I'm gonna write a letter to each one of my kids. And in that letter, I'm gonna tell them how much I love them. And I bawled like a baby when I did it. But I wrote that letter, put it in an envelope, put it in my drawer, and I thought, you know what? It's not sufficient to say everything that I ever wanna to say to my kids, to express my love to them, but it's something. And if something happened to me, they'd have that. And yeah, it doesn't take care of every aspect of my fear, but it does, it's something I can control. It's something I can control and I'm gonna do something about it. And I did that, I wrote those letters, I put them in that drawer, took care of something I could take care of. And after I did that, I'll tell you, I felt a peace that I hadn't felt in a really long time. And I started to take the things that I, I couldn't handle, said, God, I'm gonna let you have those. If I can take care of something, I'll do that. But Lord, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here in my anxiety, in the chaos, where you're calling me out of that. You're inviting me to cast those things on you. I'm not gonna stay here. I'm gonna do something with them. I'm gonna give them to you. I'm gonna take care of what I can take care of. And that's how I'm gonna walk with my anxiety. And it's a daily pursuit. It's not something that I can do and you know what? Check, did it, don't have to do that again tomorrow or for a month or a year. No, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna feel a lot of those same feelings tomorrow. I'm gonna have a bad dream that's gonna cause me some of those fears all over again, right? I'm gonna have to wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna have to do it again. But this is a, a daily practice that can draw us closer to God as he invites us in. And so I wanna leave us with this. What can our anxiety teach us about God? Because we can talk all day about what our anxieties are and how we deal with them and, and that's good, but ultimately, what we need to see is what this is telling us about our creator, the one who loves us. So what can our anxieties tell us about God? First, that our cares matter to him. 
Our cares matter to God, no matter how big or small they are. Sometimes we minimize our cares. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. God, you wouldn't care about this. But he says, no, cast your cares on me. I care about you, so I care about the things that you care about. I spent a lot of years doing youth ministry, and I'd hear teenage kids talking about these relationships, boys and girls. They'd use the word, I, I like that person. I really, or sometimes they'd say, I love them. And you know, me now, I'm like 18 years removed from that. Oh, that feels gross to say. But, but I'm like way removed from that. And as an adult, I look back and I'm like, it's easy to think of that as sort of trivial, right? It doesn't matter that much. But then I recognize, no, it does. It matters because it's what they're going through. It's what they care about. And if I'm going to have anything of value to say to them, anything that's going to help draw them closer to Jesus, I've got to care about what you care about. And that's exactly how God treats us. He cares about what we care about, no matter how big or small. God cares about our cares. Second thing is that God wants to walk with us in our anxieties. This is an invitation. God's, God's inviting us to cast our cares on him because he wants that relationship. He wants us to bring these to him because he wants relationship with us. God wants more than anything else in the world for you. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him. And that starts with trusting him and his invitation of Christ on the cross. That when Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and he rose from the grave to give us eternal life, that was God inviting us into eternity with him. That God's going to invite us first and foremost with our souls to trust in him and our eternity. But then after that, God's gonna invite us to trust him with everything else, including our anxieties. So God invites us in and he wants us, he wants us to trust him with our anxieties, to recognize, hey, I care about you. So I care about the things that you care about. And I wanna show you how I'm faithful, how I'll deliver. I wanna show you my purposes in these things. So trust me with your anxieties. And so that's the invitation before us today. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. You've been listening to the weekly broadcast of Grace Church, an independent Bible teaching church in Wichita Falls, Texas. You can join us for worship Sunday mornings at our campus on Stone Lake Drive in Wichita Falls. Stream services live online at gracechurch.com or subscribe to our podcast published on Apple, Google, and Spotify. From all of us at Grace Church, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.